This is Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, and today I'm at the Underground Railroad Education Center in Albany, New York, to talk with Paul Stewart, one of the co-founders with his wife Mary Liz of the center. Paul, welcome back to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Well, thank you very much, Bria. Good to be back again. For our listeners who may not be familiar, tell us just a little bit about the Underground Railroad Education Center and who are Stephen and Harriet Myers. The Underground Railroad Education Center is a nonprofit organization. It was started in 2003, incorporated in 2003, though uh, maybe you might say it started a little bit earlier than that because people do have to get together to decide whether or not to incorporate. Uh, And um, we focused on the story of the Underground Railroad, first locally in our immediate capital region area, uh, but then also the story just kind of flows and it reaches out. It has international aspects, not just, uh, you know, uh, people who were enslaved in the American South escaping from slavery and making their way north to freedom in the North and Canada, but also across the ocean, both to Europe and Africa, and also to the Caribbean and to the Southwest, to Mexico and the Great Plains. So there are really people going in all directions, uh, and it's a great story. And the Underground Railroad Education Center is on Livingston Avenue in Albany. Why is it here? Yeah, so we're at 194 Livingston Avenue in Albany, and the reason why we're here at 194 Livingston Avenue is because that was the home of Stephen and Harriet Myers, and in the course of doing research on the Underground Railroad, we found that Stephen and Harriet had lived here in the mid-1850s, and the building was still standing. So uh, we actually asked the owner if we could help him fix it up, and much to our surprise, he said, I would give you the building, except that it had liens against it, so... Um, through a process, we uh, the county foreclosed on him for back taxes, and uh, we approached the county and said, uh, can we purchase it from you? Uh, which we did. We purchased it for $1,500. Since that time, we put more than a million dollars into the restoration of the building. The building was in terrible shape. Um, there were issues, so many issues. But why is this building important? Tell us who Stephen and Harriet Myers were. They were African-American abolitionists, right? Right. They were black abolitionists in the 19th century in Albany. Um, Stephen and Harriet, uh, after, say, 1830 or so, um, helped literally thousands of people who passed through Albany on their way to freedom or to settle in the area. Uh, and uh, you know they, they did that by providing food, clothing, shelter, and transportation assistance. Um, by the time you get into the 1850s, they're, they're allied with something called the Vigilance Committee of the Underground Railroad. And so we have a document that says the Vigilance Committee met here at 194 Livingston Avenue during the same time when Stephen and Harriet uh, were living here and, and functioning more or less as staff for the Vigilance Committee. So it's on the, the building is on the National Register of Historic Places and uh, for... Stephen and Harriet, and for the Vigilance Committee, and for its architecture. And this is certainly a driving force here in the neighborhood, but I want to turn, Black History is important year-round, but it gets more attention in February with it being declared Black History Month. Seems like you have quite an active schedule of events coming up for February. We do, we do. I think we get more requests during the month of February from different community groups that want to want to have somebody come and talk about something that is um, uh, really upbeat and solid uh, that, that is about black history. What are some of the activities that you have going on? Well, February 1st, we have a, uh, an event with the Albany County Legislature. 
Uh, on the 16th, uh, we're going to talk with uh, uh, some folks up at the Waterfleet Arsenal. Um, we also have uh, an event on the 6th at the Howell Library, where we're going to talk about the Underground Railroad in the South End. We're going to be doing some tabling at the Empire State Plaza. Uh, on our website, which is undergroundrailroadhistory.org, we have a calendar there, and uh, people can see some of these events by going to that calendar and clicking on the appropriate dates. And in our last segment, you talked about the URIC Underground Railroad Education Center reads. There, You have a book club. Tell us about that. Yes. The URIC reads. We're, we're reading a book by Gerald Horn called uh, The Dawning of the, of the Apocalypse. Um, and it's about uh, the changes that took place worldwide during the 16th century. Uh, most people don't think about the 16th century. I remember when I was in uh, grade school um, or high school, um, much of what they talked about that was relevant to the 16th century, they talked about it as the age of exploration. But what they didn't explain was it was also the age of, well, the, an age of colonialism where, where uh, colonialist powers were looking for gold and other riches in places around the world. And so, yes, there were explorers, but they were being followed by other people that were uh, exploiting these regions. And so um, uh, much, much of the, the difficulty that we find in our own day, we can trace back to the 16th century. <laughs> Certainly that's with enslavement and uh, take— Diseases, enslavement, uh, the expropriation of large amounts of wealth from the Americas— uh, those are some of the issues that were uh, born in the 16th century. So I want to switch back to the events because there was one that intrigued me, that you're going to be going out to Schoharie Crossing for a meeting. How does Underground Railroad relate to Schoharie Crossing? Well, there's a wonderful organization out there, um, the Schoharie Crossing Historic Site. Uh, it's a an Erie Canal-related um, site. They have a lock there. Uh, they also have a, a center, uh, and they do programming uh, around the year, and so they ask us to do a program for them about the Underground Railroad, and so we're going to be doing that. Was the Erie Canal a, a popular route for people trying to get away from here and maybe into Canada? Yeah, the Erie Canal, I mean, transportation-wise, the Erie Canal was the transportation across New York State. Before the Erie Canal was put in, uh, it took about a, as much as a month for someone, say, in a wagon to get across New York State because the roads were both so bad and not non-existent. Uh, but once the canal was put in, it took a week to get across New York State. So that was an incredible thing. So people just naturally used the canal uh, as a means for getting from uh, Albany to Buffalo or from Albany to um, um, Mexico, New York, uh, or, or the... Uh, which is up by Lake Ontario, uh, and crossing the uh, Lake Ontario to get to Toronto, Canada. I know that on your website and in your presentations, you talk about some of the myths about the Underground Railroad, and we tend to think of it as being secretive and people uh, crawling through the forest in the middle of the night. And yet, it actually was people going on boats and other transportation publicly. Say a little bit about that. Yeah, that's one of the incredible things about the story of the Underground Railroad. I think most people are intrigued by the, um, you know, th you know, things that may have happened in the dark of night or the immediate uh, incident of someone escaping from enslavement. But what 
they fail to remember that also part of that story, uh, say somebody maybe escaped in the dark of night um, from a plantation uh, or some other place where they were enslaved. Uh, and, and that first evening, maybe it was in the dark of night, but the next day um, they, they might be encountering people who could be helpful to them, whether those were uh, uh, Quakers or other African-Americans who uh, were operating churches or community centers uh, or who they might have encountered uh, on, their, on their journey uh, to freedom. And those people would be doing things like providing them a fresh change of clothes and uh, some money to take public transportation to the next place that they needed to get to. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the story has changed. I mean, the drama of the story has changed. They're no longer secreting at night, uh, but maybe traveling on the regular uh, transportation methods that are available uh, during during that time. So, uh, like for instance, in the Erie Canal, as we were just talking about, you know, those are boats that will be operating in the daytime, principally, uh, and and going across the canal. They'll be traveling with other people. Um, there's a story about the Williams, uh, a couple who uh, had an incident uh, in Syracuse where they were being taunted by some other people who were trying to you know they were they were trying to have fun at their at their expense uh but they were traveling on a canal boat in the daytime uh making their way you know in that space between uh, albany and uh, and uh, buffalo so there are lots of incidents like that even at the material that we look at that we have uh, documents from that time period that talk about what people were doing we're seeing people involved with the Erie Canal uh, as well as other modes of transportation. Great. And uh, you said that website for Underground Railroad Education Center is? UndergroundRailroadHistory.org. Thanks a lot. This is Bria Barthel talking with Paul Stewart. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thank you, Bria. <laughs>